on this episode of the podcast, the phenomenal one and the Ant-Man talk Christian Wood being traded from the Houston Rockets to the Dallas Mavericks. They play start bench cut with Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. And who has the most pressure in the NBA finals right now? going into game six. For me, when you look at Jason Tatum and you look at his age, I honestly believe that we're asking too much of him, right? Because if he wins this title in a way where he goes off in these last two games, he did something LeBron didn't do. Heck, he did something Jordan didn't do. He did something Seth Curry didn't do at his age. He's still quite young. And I think a lot of people are killing Jason Tatum. For me, his playoff run for this year solidified after that game six in Milwaukee when he looked Giannis Antetokounmpo who I believe is the best player in the year. He looked him right in the eye and said, I'm going to match you and I'm going to beat you. And he did that. So I just, to me, the pressure's not on him. As much as I love Steph, I think some pressure is on Steph from this standpoint. You're tuned into the new Channel Sports Podcast, the ultimate sports talk podcast. the new channel sports podcast i am your host today the phenomenal one chris holding it down as always this is not a solo dolo right normally when i do the hosting it's a solo dolo it is not a solo dolo because i have someone that i've done one podcast so far with and quite frankly i'm mad at him because he don't want to do a podcast with me every time i'm on he ain't on (laughs) and he is the guy the man of the hour Anthony, Ant Man, how are you doing, sir? Man, I am phenomenal. Hey, uh, how about that? You ain't that uh, phenomenal. I'm, doing, I'm yeah, the phenomenal I, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm coming off of the marvelous. So, oh, oh, dub me marvelous oh, yes. last time. No, so. I made a mistake. Let's I do it again. Now we gotta start over. <laughs> Introducing no, no, don't the do marvelous it. one. You can still have one. It's not phenomenal. The marvelous one, Anthony, the Ant Man. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Now I'm doing good, man. How are you been? Man, I've been doing good. I'm really excited. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. We have a packed show. Before we get into the show, I want to tell you where you can find us. You can catch a new channel of sports wherever you listen to your podcast, Podbeam, Stitcher, Apple, wherever you listen, whenever you listen, we are there. You can also catch our lovely faces on Afro Vibes TV. Check out Afro Vibes TV. It's an amazing platform. Typically, it's me and Lo holding it down. You can see our lovely faces on there, and we have a show each and every single week on demand. You can catch us on Twitter, Facebook. Check out our website, newchannelsports.net. New channel spell in you channel sports.net. Okay, so I've covered it all. I want to go into a topic that I haven't done in a long time. And in fact, I've never done it with the Ant-Man here. And that is Chris's backcourt violation. New Channel Sports presents Chris's backcourt violation. Okay, so if you, Anthony, you don't know about the the backcourt violation, let me explain it to you. So I'm going to ask you some questions, right? And essentially, I'm going to give you eight seconds or less to answer the question. Why eight seconds or less? Because in basketball, if you don't get the ball up the court, it will be a backcourt violation. And essentially, I'm going to be asking you questions for you to figure out who someone is. I typically choose a an African-American or a person of color 
to talk about that you otherwise wouldn't know about. But after this conversation, it won't take you eight seconds or more to know about this individual. And then on the second part of backcourt violation, I give you the backcourt violator of the show. Ant-Man, you ready for this? Oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's kick this All right. Let's go. So the first clue for you of who this individual is, is this. This individual won a gold medal at a track and field event in the Olympics. Give me your guess. Usain you got Bolt. less than eight seconds. Come on, man. Give me a guess. Usain Bolt. Okay. Okay. Nah. Anyway. <laughs> Second guess. Um, he is a first. This this will really give away. You probably don't know it. And trust me, if you do know it, then damn. <laughs> uh, first African-American ever to win gold at a track and field event in the Olympics. I, I don't know that. Okay. That's fine. The last clue. He was part of the only walk over gold in the history of the Olympic Games, meaning that this competitor, not him specifically, but he was part of it. There was a competitor in the Olympics that won because no other person challenged them. There's no reason for you to guess this, bro. Like there was no shot for you to get this. All no, right? you, so that was you the got point. me. You absolutely <laughs> got me on this. <laughs> and it's OK. But, so, but wait, hold on. Let, let me ask you real quick, though. OK. 80, was it? In the 60s? Mm-mm, way before that. Um, way before. I, I'll tell you who it is. Okay, I'll tell you who go, it is. Let's go, so, let's go. Um, the individual's name is John Baxter Taylor Jr. He was born in 1882. <laughs> so there's no reason for you <laughs> or me to know. But I looked him up and it's interesting. So I already told you he won a gold medal uh, in track and field. He won a gold for the, uh, med- the, the relay. Um, they call it the medley relay at that time. And he was part of the University of Pennsylvania track and field team. To no surprise, he was the only black man on the relay team. Um, The New York Times, after his passing, he actually passed away early in his life due to typhoid, which is something that's like we don't even hear about that now. Right. Um, The New York Times dubbed, dubbed him the greatest Negro runner ever. That's what they dubbed him. And despite his color, it was his skills, his brain, and his charm that made those who didn't look like him respect him. This was a long, long time ago. So respect to John Baxter Taylor Jr. So you didn't know who he was before. No. But now, if you don't know who he is, it's a backcourt violation. Are you ready (laughs) for the backcourt violator of the show? Hit it. Hit it, my brother. All Hit right. It. So I am going to I'm going to give a whole group of people the backcourt violator of the show, a whole entire group. And it is anyone who doubted Steph Curry and the Warriors. We're going to talk about Steph Curry and the Warriors later on the show. Don't, don't worry about that. But anyone and everyone who doubted them, whether or not they win the championship doesn't matter, because I will tell you what people like me said. OK, D left. Ain't no way Curry going to have another shot of going to the finals. Steph ain't even that good. He's just a light-skinned dude. Got him a little, you know, his wife is pretty. She cooks. His kids are cute. Riley and then they all look good. But he ain't that good. It's like skin bias. Clay's been injured for a couple of years. There's no way they go back to the finals with Clay injured. And anyone can do what Steve Kerr does. It's easy. You got Clay. You got KD. You got Steph. You got Draymond. And then you got Draymond doing podcasts. He's a better podcaster than he is a basketball player right now. Ain't no way they're going back to the finals. And they did. So for everyone and anyone who had anything negative to say about the Warriors prior to them getting to the finals, this backcourt violation is for you. You all violated. And guess who else is on the backcourt? I raised my hand. My hand's up, even though you can't see it, because I violated the backcourt violation, too, because I doubted them. But I will doubt them no more. 
It is not a light-skinned bias. It is a, he's like a baby face assassin bias. It's so cute. You know, nobody really thinks he's lethal, but Steph is lethal. The Warriors are lethal. Draymond, keep doing your podcast. Clay, keep jumping in the river to get that good mojo going. Steve Kerr, you actually are a decent coach. You're a good coach. You're probably a Hall of Fame coach. So for all the people who doubt of the Warriors, this backcourt violation is for you. Anthony, I'm, I'm like, I'm almost out of breath. I feel really good about that. I hope you I feel love good the, about that. I love the energy, man. I'm, I'm feeling it all these hundreds of miles away that we are from hey, each other. I am that's feeling That's what's up. That's what's up. So let's go straight into the podcast. And that's the backcourt violation is really a segue into the podcast itself. Let's jump right in. I think you know what we're going to talk about. We're talking about the NBA Finals. As we are recording this podcast, the Finals are not tied anymore. They already played Game 5. The Warriors won Game 5. They are up in the series 3-2. to two. And I thought it was a for a Game 5 that meant that much. Just want to talk about the game itself. I thought it was I. Right. What do you think about a, the game itself? It, it was a letdown. It, yeah. it, it was a letdown. Uh, definitely not as competitive. It didn't have that same feel of the game four when there was so much at stake, uh, really for both of these teams, but for Boston especially. Um, honestly, it was hard. It was hard for me to stay focused on the game. I love that. It was hard for me to stay engaged on it too. Yes. Um, obviously, I think a part of it was Steph not having a great night. Um, but it was more than that. It just seemed like the energy in the arena was off. I don't know if you noticed this, but typically in the third quarter, it's almost as if in, in Golden State, now I know they're in San Francisco's a new building, but that they would be rocking. And at the beginning of the third quarter, it seemed like most of the people were getting snacks. Like they just assumed that the energy would be there. And that's what the whole game was about. You assumed it'd have a lot of energy, but it just wasn't really there. Yeah, def- definitely less inflated. If you know, in, in terms of like a balloon, it was definitely left. It was a Tom Brady football of energy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's perfect too. It's perfect because yeah, it was a, the game was a letdown. It was, but at the same time, it sets us up for an amazing game six that we have coming up. So I already told you that Steph Curry, even though the, I just gave you a soliloquy, never doubt them. Steph Curry was 0 from 9 from 3. I think it's the first playoff game he's played in his career where he didn't hit a three-pointer. Um, he had a really, really tough outing. And a lot of people bringing up Steph's legacy and things of that nature. So I want to toss this question to you. Going into game six, who's under the most pressure in, in this game? Is it Steph? Is it Tatum? Is it the Celtics as a whole? Who do you think is under the most pressure? If I had to choose an individual, the the easy answer is Jason Tatum. Okay. Because he's he, you know, he 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 tries to push off that superstar talk in all the press conference, you know, all, all I want to do is win a championship because you went when you become a champion, that's what that's what you are. Everybody else can talk about superstardom. But the facts are the facts. The way that he especially the second half of the season just kind of came, I said it on a lot of other places. Jason Tatum is coming. We thought we were witnessing his arrival. And I don't know if just these moments, if he's just trying to do too much, but he's he's now leading the the whole NBA in playoff turnovers. And and that's the thing that's been killing this Boston team. So as the star player, as the superstar incumbent or on the rise, uh, you would expect that he would not be the one that's 
constantly shooting his team in the foot and and he has been and so I think for Jason Tatum uh he's got to play better he's got to play more within himself and the flow of the game I think he's forcing a lot and he needs to remember what got them there and that was relying on the the team around him so Tatum definitely is under the most pressure from from my standpoint. I, and I hear you, but I disagree. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's with so many points, though. So you talk about the playoff turnovers. And if you look at the history of the NBA, typically the guy that leads the playoff and turnovers gets to the finals and some of the best players in NBA history. LeBron's been on that list. And some Dwayne Wade, I believe, was on that list. Some really, really good players, right? So that doesn't move me so much. Now, in game six, he obviously can't have too many turnovers because that's killing the Celtics. I'll give you that. But when you look at, for me, when you look at Jason Tatum and you look at his age, I honestly believe that we're asking too much of him, right? Because if he wins this title in a way where he goes off in these last two games, he did something LeBron didn't do. Heck, he did something Jordan didn't do. He did something Seth Curry didn't do at his age. He's still quite young. And I think a lot of people are killing Jason Tatum. For me, his playoff run for this year solidified after that game six in Milwaukee when he looked Giannis Antetokounmpo, who I believe is the best player in the NBA. He looked him right in the eye and said, I'm going to match you and I'm going to beat you. And he did that. So I just, to me, the pressure is not on him. As much as I love Steph, I think some pressure is on Steph from this standpoint. I had a podcast. In the last podcast, I said, objectively, the Celtics are the better team. I don't think so anymore. I was wrong, <laughs> right? Because if Steph can have such a bad game and they still win, there's no way they're the better team as far as the Celtics are concerned. Now, I, I do think Celtics have some issues. They turn the ball over way too damn much, to your point. Um, but I want to get your opinion on the Steph Curry pressure. Do you think it is real? Because he has such a bad game. Let's keep it a buck. He had a bad game. Is there pressure on him to... Not only win, but how I say, I don't know if you watch soccer. Like when you watch Brazil, they got to win in style. You just can't win. You got to win in style, right? Yeah. Is there pressure on him to not only win this game, but to win it in style? Uh, I, yeah, I see the point that you're making. Um, I, and I'm not a Steph detractor, so I, I don't want it to come off this way. But Oh, really? You're not? I, I'm not a Steph detractor, <laughs> but, but so I don't want it to come off. Yes, that's correct. But, um, you know, I, I, I haven't been impressed. I think, uh, you know, he he has big third quarters. You know, that's that's basically where he's doing most of his damage, um, with the exception of last game. Uh, I think pressure is on him because the only thing that he's lacking is this finals MVP. And if he's not careful, Wiggins might win finals MVP. I can see that happening because Wiggins has been the most consistent player on that Warriors team uh, so far on this final. So, so I get it. You know, I I understand why you would say Steph is under pressure. I think his pressure is for a whole other reasons. And yeah, maybe because of there's some more legacy attached. Okay. Let's Uh, let's jump on that. Let's jump on that. You said for other reasons. Talk to me about those other reasons because you mentioned the legacy. Yeah, I think it is the legacy. I think that, um, I, so I, I, I'm a firm believer in that in legacy, you can't go backwards. Okay, you you got where you got. Ooh, I don't right? know about that, bro. I don't I, I, know. I, look, we were vibing, look, but I don't know look, about that one. <laughs> look, 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 and, and we can and we can disagree, but I mean, it'd be hard to say. Okay, like look at uh, Jordan late in his years; he was hampered by a knee injury when he went to the Wizards. Nobody's going to say, "Oh, well, Jordan put out a, a horrible year in Washington, so he's not as great as he was uh, when he was in Chicago." You can't go. You can't go back. Nobody's going to say, "Well, let me, Phil let Jackson." Me, let me rebut that. 
Let me rebut. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Rebut. I would rebut that with this. You're right. I think when you hit a certain age, your legacy can't go backwards, right? So right. Jordan, when he was 38 playing with the Wizards, his legacy couldn't have gone backwards, right? He can only just add to the lore. But for people like you and I, we know that some people were calling Jordan the greatest player of all time when he retired after the first three championships. He only had three. And they were already calling him the best player of all time. If he came back and didn't win any more championships, people wouldn't have called him that, right? So he came back, he won three more, and his legacy, obviously, it it, it, it solidified how, what people thought about him. But if he would have lost when he came back, nobody would be calling him the greatest anymore. Well, he advanced his legacy, but That's he didn't point. lose. But he could have gone lose, back. He didn't lose his No, I don't think he lost his. Because look at the uh, – I'm sure at one time people were calling Bill Russell the greatest player to ever play the game. And then somebody surpassed him. I think that that's just the natural uh, flow of, of the game generationally. And I think it'll continue. LeBron, arguably the greatest player to ever play. And in five years, ten years, or when you and I are gone, uh, it, it could be – it'd probably be somebody else. So – I'm just saying that you can't take away uh, what Steph has done already. He's got two rings without KD. Two without KD. So potentially, you're already giving him the rings. You are, potentially, well, they could well, lose got, Game Six and Seven. Well, he's got, th- but he's got three. Yeah, he got the first one, and then the next two with KD, and the next two with KD, and then potentially this one, he could win it. Without okay. so you already giving okay. them the championship. Oh, no, no, okay, no, no, no. That's my fault because I thought I won the. I thought Katie was there one year. Okay, yeah. you're right. You're right. No, you got me on that. But okay, but he's. I think that he's done enough. Top ten player. Nah, if he wins this year, gets the uh, finals MVP. Yeah, maybe you can move him into the top ten. You there's, can make the argument. There's, there's an argument to be made. Okay, right. So that's so my he point, can, though. So let he me can give you a point. Though. So you're telling me. Let me ask you this question. Okay, you're ahead. telling me his legacy doesn't take a hit. And let's say in Game Six he goes 0 for nine again. They lose. They go back to uh, the Arena Chase Center. Game Seven he absolutely bombs. He goes three of seventeen. They lose again. That definitely hurts his legacy, bro. Of course it does. Okay, so you're telling me that if because uh, because Steph Steph hasn't. Steph's kind of where he's at. Like yeah. he's 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 kind of I, I like how you put it in your last episode. You said he's in a tier, right? Yeah. And I I think that right now we're gonna look at it in the moment. And yeah, we're definitely we're definitely gonna detract. We're gonna be like, ah, he can't get it done. Yeah. People are already saying that because historically he hasn't been able to come up in the fourth quarters. Yeah. Right. And I don't believe even in this series he really had that he had a moment, but it what but it wasn't Steph taking over a game. It was Steph kind of front running in that game because Clay hit the three, Wiggins leading with rebounds. I mean that in and I'm referencing uh game four. Yeah. Uh I, okay. You say you're not a Steph hater, but I don't I, know, man. No, I, I'm not. Well, I mean, <laughs> but that's that doesn't sound good to me, buddy. No, no, I no, okay. But you got you got me. You got me. I Maybe it does. Maybe maybe it does hurt. I I don't I don't think it does hurt him as as much as maybe some people think. I think in the moment it will, but yeah. we'll we'll forget about that and we'll remember all the because he's he's transcendent, right? He's yeah. changed the game of basketball. That's what people are going to remember Steph Curry for. I, I yeah. think that's bottom line. That's where it's at, and they'll, and they'll have the conversations. But I, I I tend to agree more with what you were saying in your last show. Second tier. Uh, superstar, and and no, I think we, that's we where agree he's, with he's that. I stay. agree that yeah. he's second tier. Yeah. My only point is, 
he can take a hit if he plays bad in the next two games. He can certainly. Do, do take you think a hit. he falls to a third tier? No, he doesn't fall to a ter- third tier. But what happens is if you if you lose these finals and he plays poorly, there's never a conversation for him to be as far as that 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 tier one group of players, whoever your tier one may be. He's just not going to be there. And then also he's going to stay in tier two. I agree with you. But all of a sudden you look at guys like Hakeem Olajuwon, Tim Duncan, um, guys who are close to him, Dirk, maybe not Dirk. Uh, but 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 Olajuwon, those types of people, right? The guys who are around 12 to 15, right? He's yeah. going to be, when you start asking questions and comparing their careers, that's going to hurt. You're going to say, well, he's close. But remember during the finals, this guy didn't really show up in many NBA finals. And that's going to hurt him. So getting this finals MVP, I think, jumps him ahead of line, ahead of the line of a lot of players. But I do want to get your idea of who you think is going to win this game six. And essentially, my question is this. Is there any chance that the Celtics force a game seven? and take this series extended into the weekend. Well, well, of course there's a chance, but I have Warriors in in 6. Yeah. So so that that was my pick. I'm going to stand with my pick. But of course there's a chance because Okay, let me let me let me ask a better question cuz you think you think that a little too literal. I want your percentage because you know the fans oh, want you to want know your opinion. What is your oh, you percentage want... of the chance of the Celtics sports okay. a game 7? I will okay. go first. I will say it's a 30% chance. I'm with you. I firmly believe the Warriors are going to get it done. I give them a 30% chance, which is more than a puncher's chance, but not really. And I know they're at home, but the Warriors are going to be focused and I expect them to get it done. I I'll give them 40. Okay. I'll give them 40%. So we're around and the it, same spot. It, we it, don't well, think here, we're going to see a game 7. Yeah, and, and here's why. I give them 40. I give them a little bit more than you because in this playoffs, the Warriors have taken their foot off the gas a few times and let teams back into, into series. That's so I, I would give them about yeah, – they're at home. The Garden's pretty tough, although Boston hasn't done a great job in this playoffs protecting home court or, or playing well at home. But there's still that factor that Golden State – I think Golden State gets into these like swag kind of moments where they, they think it's already done and the next thing you know – Teams are back in the series. Forty. That's why I give them forty percent. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, as the fan in me wants it to go to seven, I yeah, just right? don't think it will. Yeah, um, okay, so let's transition. Uh, we talk about the NBA Finals. I'd like to talk a little bit about breaking news. So this happened right when we started recording our podcast. I want to go straight into it. Rockets fans, <laughs> Christian Wood is no longer a Houston Rocket. The Rockets traded Christian Wood. To Big Low's Dallas Mavericks. Low hasn't texted me yet, but I know he's excited. I will tell you this. If you're a Mavericks fan, let me tell you what you are getting and what you're not getting. If you're a Mavericks fan, you are getting a really good score. In fact, with playing with Luka Doncic, he may average 20-plus points this season. He can rebound the basketball. He runs the floor well. He takes a little too many threes for my liking, but he'll work in Dallas because everybody shoots the threes. They'll get his three-point percentage up, and he will run the floor with Luka, and it will look like James Harden and Clint Capella if Clint Capella had a jump shot. That is the good news. So if you're a Dallas fan right now, you're elated. You're excited. But let me tell you the bad news. Christian Wood don't play defense, (laughs) okay? He does not play defense, and anyone who has any girth to them, that's a weird word to use, pause, anyone who has any (laughs) weight to them, who has any power to them, will dominate him inside. So, yeah, he's going to look good offensively, but defensively, he is not that guy, unless he flips the script, but he really hasn't shown that in his career. Ant-Man, what do you feel about Christian Wood being traded to the Dallas Mavericks? For Dallas, I think it's a it's a great move. I, I think, you know, w- when I when I think about 
what Dallas did this year and kind of what they needed, they need to help Luca on the offensive end. And they certainly did that to your point. Uh, I'm interested to see because I think, I don't think that Christian Wood has hit a ceiling. So I'm interested to see under the right system, uh, kind of a more defensive minded uh, group, having Jason Kidd there. Uh, I'm going to say even having Dudley there, you know, uh, maybe some maturity. I like this move for Dallas and they didn't give up really anything for, I mean, and the only concern I have is now what does Luca do? Because I have this, I have this thought about Luca. Dallas can do whatever they want to do to try to help Luca out. They could move heaven and earth for Luca Doncic. But if Luca doesn't do what he needs to do to help the Mavs help him, just learn how to play an ounce of defense himself and lose weight. All this all lose weight, <laughs> come in shape, yeah. act like you care a little bit. Yeah. You'll stop. I have I have this thing about uh I, I think Luke Luca does more uh foul seeking than rim seeking. And so if he cuts that down, he needs some maturity because he has the potential to be really great in this league. He's got high basketball IQ. He's a great passer, but he's a liability on the defensive end. He often quits on his team. And Luca, the Mavs made their first move. It's up to you to decide how you're going to reward them for helping you. Yeah, Get yourself in shape. Put, put yourself together. Let's go. Yeah, I agree with you. And I will make a bold statement about Luka Doncic. I don't know in my lifetime, so I'd say in my 25 years of watching basketball, that I've ever seen a player, and that would include LeBron James, at the age in his career with the IQ, you mentioned it, the IQ of Luka Doncic, the way he controlled that series against the Suns was simply phenomenal. And to do it against the point God and Chris Paul was even more incredible. I know Chris Paul's older, but he still manipulated that series. I'm with you 100%. Luka's got to help himself. I love what the Mavericks have done. If you think about it, they flipped Chris Tapp's Przingis into two good players coming in. um, And then they also bring in a guy in Christian Wood. I love it. I love it a lot for the Mavericks. I'm just telling y'all, y'all going to stink defensively. <laughs> y'all going to be yeah. boo-boo. They're not going to be great defensively, but they're going to be fun to watch. Okay, so let's get into something that I crafted. Um, it's not. I'm not the first person to think of it, obviously, but it's one of my favorite segments to do, and I'm happy to do it with you. We've never done it before, so I know you're going to mess it up. You will mess it up, just I, like Oenye does. Oenye, yeah. you listening to it? If you listen to this podcast, you mess it up all the time. Hopefully, Ant-Man doesn't mess it up. Let's go. We are doing start, bench, cut. Sit back and relax because coming up, it's start, bench, or cut. And when I was growing up, I got to say this. When I was growing up, I used to love wrestling. It used to be tables, ladders, and chairs, right? So whenever it would happen, you kind of whisper it, tables, ladders, and chairs. That's how I feel about start, bench, cut. And I've chosen three guys for this episode. And um, it's a tough one. I've chosen. It's very tough. It's really not fair. You're not supposed to use these good players and start bench cut. But I chose them for a reason. And the reason being is all three of these guys were paid really well this offseason and all deservedly. So all of them deserve their money. And I personally think and I'm interested to see what you think. But I think the three guys I'm about to name are three of the best, if not the three of the very best wide receivers in football. Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams and Cooper Cup. So I'm going to start with you. Who are you cutting? No, let's, let's we, do this. We always start with cut. Let's not cut. 
Who's yeah, let's start. Who are well, you let's start. Are we factoring who's throwing them the football? Because okay. I, think okay. Man, are we factoring I love you, them? bro. I love you. <laughs> Y'all can't see it right now. I'm pointing to him and saying, I love you. Because it's a great <laughs> question. No, it is I, a great I, question. I feel it. I feel it, dude. <laughs> let's do this. Let's answer this question without factoring who's throwing them football. Because if we factor throwing them the football, I think I know who we're both going to cut. <laughs> We're not going to factor who's throwing them the football. All right, listeners, I want y'all to be clear. Listeners, y'all listening because you know some of them they just skip through the podcast and they hear this and gonna think we're crazy. So we we're might have not to, factoring who's throwing them the football. We might have to. We might have to do one of these with their quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so we're not factoring who's throwing them the football, and that makes yeah. it even tougher. It, it really does. does. Um, but I think I'm going to use a little recency bias here. It's 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 become kind of a common theme. Yeah, uh, I, I mentioned recency bias a lot. I think I'm starting Cooper Cup in what? this situation. Yes. What? Yes. Okay, um, I'm starting Cooper Cup too. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, uh, and I, I'll explain why I am. It, 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 it is recency bias, but um, he's been good for years. Um, I he do has. think him being a white boy wide receiver does hurt him a little bit. I'll be honest. I can say that clearly. I do. But I will say this. He is the best route runner I've seen in some time. One of the best route runners for wide receiver, maybe ever. And I know a lot of people are going to say, well, that's really recency bias. I don't give a damn who's throwing him the football. I honestly believe I could throw him the football, right? And, I, and I'll find him because he's so wide open. He just knows how to get it done. And I space. don't think it's an accident that Jared Goff was look phenomenal throwing it to Cooper Cup. And I'm not saying Stafford is not a great quarterback, but what Cooper Cup did, not just for my fantasy season, appreciate you, bro, but really for everybody's <laughs> fantasy season if you had him. He's just been phenomenal, and I think he deserves that crown. The only thing I would take away from him is he shouldn't have won Super Bowl MVP. That should have won to Aaron Donald. But otherwise, he's got to be starting, so I agree with you there. So Yeah, I, I don't disagree with any of that. If I could just make a quick point on it, my, one of the reasons why I chose him, because of possessions, right? I mean, I what, does Tyreek, what does Tyreek Hill give you? Ty- Tyreek gives you stretching the field more than anything and he can make a lot of something out of nothing uh if he gets the ball in space but cooper cup creates space by route running i'm a receiver so i you know i had to do a bit of route running and learn how to chop my feet oh, and you separate. A receiver? yeah i was a wide receiver like you got hands yeah i got good hands man. let's talk about got, this a little listen, bit the, the listen, podcast got, listeners want to know listen, hold on hold listen, on wait, got, wait, wait. Got, no, before hands. you go on let's go are we talking about peewee bro <laughs> no 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 <laughs> High school, and I actually tried out for arena football. Okay, yeah. okay, so you know what you're talking about. All right, yeah. so listen, um, listen did I got you hands, have good hands. I got hands that the gods gift their children. Okay, like, <laughs> like, look, look, y'all can't see it. His hands are in front of the screen. Look, <laughs> oh, that's, that, that's truth. That's truth. But. <laughs> But back to Cooper Cup. So I know a little bit about wide receivers and route running. That's why I chose Cooper Cup because I think that uh, he's shown um, to be able to get you yards when it matters. I think that's one of the most important things that a wide receiver can do. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that we, we kind of label wide receivers. So we have the home run touchdown wide receivers, and then we have the possession wide receivers, and then we have the wide receivers kind of, even though still kind of possession, the guys who really do the slot, right? And Cooper Cup can do it all. If you need him in the slot, he'll be in the slot. If you need a home run, he'll give you a home run. If you need him to get possessions and just simply move the chains, he can do that. There's simply nothing he can't do. And on top of that, him and Robert Woods, when Robert Woods was there, um, 
just the way they would block, blocking. Yeah. They would block tight ends sometimes. I mean, I'm not tight ends. Um, linebackers. linebackers. And I'd be like, damn, you're blocking a linebacker, bro, as a wide receiver? It's incredible. So he doesn't Doing get the dirty work for the blocking. Yep. Doing the dirty work. That's for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about, instead of talking about we're going to bench, because that's not as fun. I want to know who you're cutting. Who are you cutting? Tyree Kill. Wow. I'm going fast. Tyreek Hill. Wow. I didn't have to think about it. And that's okay, not so considering who's, who's throwing the ball. Let me ask you ball. a question then. We said we're not factoring who's throwing them the football. Yes. If we did, I'm, I think you'd have the same list. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said that's why I said we might have to do the quarterbacks yeah. at some yeah. point because I think it, I think that that's a little bit closer. But but I, I I'm cutting Tyreek Hill and not not so much because I think he's 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 a, a bad player, but out of this list, he certainly isn't going to give you the most bang for your buck, right? He's, he's, I'm, I, I don't want to use one dimensional because that seems like a disservice, but it, it's, it's kind of true. And I don't know what he is without Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes creativity. I do believe that, uh, Devante Adams helped build, Aaron Rodgers' career. And so that's why I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you see, the thing is, you do this thing that O'Enya does. You guys say wild things and then just <laughs> act like we're going to gloss over it. <laughs> Devontae Adams built Aaron Rodgers' career. Um, yeah, yeah. O'Enya, would... go ahead and clip that because he's going to edit this podcast. Go ahead and clip that. Put that in the front <laughs> of the podcast. <laughs> Um, all right, guys, thank you all for tuning in. And you will not hear Ant-Man anymore. I can, I'm just kidding. Um, you got to explain yourself. What are you talking about? Well, what? I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not, again, we're, this is not an Aaron Rodgers discussion. But no, I can you made say, it an Aaron Rodgers I, but, discussion. But, but, I can, but I can say comfortably that for all the good things that Aaron Rodgers does, uh, he's not doing that with the other receivers on the field, he showed it in two postseasons, being the number one seed back to back postseasons and losing because he just has this thing where he just wants to. I don't know what he's going to do this year without Devontae Adams because that's his blanket. That's a security blanket. Aaron Rodgers has one of the highest completion percentages in the NFL. The reason why is because he had Devontae Adams because Aaron Rodgers throws the ball away a lot. And so that keeps his turnovers down efficiency. and yes, his efficiency ratings are very high yeah. and he, d- he does a lot of dump offs, right? When you have Devonte Adams, a lot of those dump offs are there and he's going to bail you out. You don't have to make a perfect throw. Devonte Adams has bailed Aaron Rodgers out time and time again. I-, I think that works well for Aaron Rodgers, but I think that Aaron does get a little too much credit for that hall of fame quarterback. Yes. Uh, but he squandered two number one seed opportunities. And and one of the big things that I the glaring thing that I noticed, especially last year, was when things got rough. Uh, he he refused to throw to it, the football to anybody else. And, well, and that is very telling. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, if, if you if I'm listening, talking to the listeners now, if you don't hear Ant-Man ever again, just know <laughs> it wasn't me. I promise it wasn't me because O.N.E. has this obsession with Aaron Rodgers. When he goes to sleep, he makes his wife wear an Aaron Rodgers jersey, right? I, so he, I didn't want to know all that. Be, I don't think the listeners need to know all that either. I don't. <laughs> I'm telling you, the listeners of the podcast know he loves Aaron Rodgers. Cheesehead and all. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback to ever breathe. 
So when he hears this, he is going to be upset. So this will definitely carry over to a new podcast. I promise you, <laughs> listeners, there will be at some point a part two to this. But I got to address some of the Devontae Adams and Rodgers. Last I remember, Aaron Rodgers' greatest success as a quarterback, I don't know, winning a Super Bowl, Devontae Adams wasn't there. He was throwing it to Jordy Nelsons, was throwing it to the Randall Cobbs of the world. And I'm sorry, as much as I like them, they weren't great wide receivers. Aaron Rodgers can turn good wide receivers to looking like they're great wide receivers. And that leads me to tell you that I'm cutting Devontae Adams. I'm actually cutting him. I'm going to keep Tyreek Hill. And I'll tell you why I'm keeping Tyreek Hill. Earlier, I mentioned that even I could be a quarterback and throw it to Cooper Cup. I believe that about Tyreek Hill, too. There might be one play. I can throw about a good 25 to 30 yards. So if we sneak the defense and I throw really quickly, I think Tyreek Hill can go get it. And it's not a knock on Devontae Adams. It's honestly not. I just think in this list, you talked about how Devontae Adams is elevated because um, Aaron Rodgers is elevated because he played with Devontae Adams. I think actually think it's the other way around. Devontae Adams is elevated because he played with Aaron Rodgers. And doesn't mean he's not a great wide receiver. He's not going to have a really good season. But comparing him, in my opinion, to Cooper Cup and to Tyreek Hill, I believe those guys are in different leagues. I have seen Tyreek Hill win games for Patrick Mahomes. I've just seen it. Patrick Mahomes can make any pass, but the guy has to go get it. The guy has to get open. And he's simply, he being Tyreek Hill, uncoverable. I saw him. In this last playoffs, when the Bills were playing absolute prevent defense, and he still busted it open, it's just you can't defend that. That that type of their speed, and then their speed you absolutely can't coach, and then their speed that gets you to the Hall of Fame. He has speed to get you to the Hall of Fame, right? I think uh, Gus Johnson said, "Get away from the cop speed." That's how fast he is. So <laughs> I want that guy, right? So I would take Cooper Cup, and I would take benching Tyreek Hill, and I will cut. Devontae Adams, but I will tell you this. I'm absolutely disgusted with your opinion on Ann Rodgers. I'm really not. I'm honestly <laughs> well, not. I just well, look, can't wait till Oenye hears it. Well, well, it, it, look, if it makes everybody happy, we established that I was a wide receiver, and so I'm I'm going to side with that wide receiver on this. There's no way a quarterback ever makes a wide receiver. Okay. I'm not going to. No, I can't. No, no, no I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to go that far. I retract that part of it, but, <laughs> like, but maybe it is the wide receiver in me. It, I just see it differently. That's okay. But let me ask you real quick, because I think I know out of the three quarterbacks who you would cut. I think it's oh, the same absolutely. as I think, I think it's the same as me. Knows who we're gonna cut. But who do you start? Oh, that's easy. I'm definitely taking uh, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, is there a question to this? Oh, you know what's funny? Patrick Mahomes no, is not I, on this list. Y- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely yeah. taking Matthew what? Stafford. This is your segment. I know this is right. your segment, man. What, what <laughs> you no, because you know why? You know why? I cut to attack by Lois so quickly. Like, I cut him so yeah, quickly, yeah. I was even considering yeah. him. <laughs> no, yeah. but it's definitely Matthew Stafford. It's got to be. You take Stafford? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be, man. Come on, over. I mean, Carr is not on that level. It's, I'm, no, I, I, no. Listen, I'm, again, I'm going to be a little controversial here. I like Derek Carr. I, li- I like him. I like him. I like him over oh Matthew God. Stafford. I think what Stafford did was great, and I, I'm, I'm waiting to see if he can repeat that. He, you see where I'm looking at you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, for all the viewers, I'm getting I'm getting stink eyed from <laughs> from my man Chris here. I thought for a second I thought for a second he was thinking about Oenye and the Aaron Rodgers jersey, but, <laughs> but, but but he's definitely stink eyeing me. Uh, but but I mean, just think about it uh, again. Kudos to to what Matthew Stafford did. Um, I hope he can do it again because that would that would say a lot. But he's also stacked. The team is stacked. Derek Carr, I mean, talk about a, a underdog story. He's 
he's I mean, they want to get rid of him. Like everybody and their mothers tell talk, talk about the Raiders should have already traded him, should already cut him. But all he does is just he just keeps finding ways to will this team and lead this team. And he's become quite a leader uh, for a football uh, for an NFL football team. Um, I'm excited to see what the Raiders do. That's what I'm saying. I'm a Bucks fan, but I am excited to see what the Raiders do. So I think I'm taking Derek Carr. OK, so let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. Um, do you believe that the Rams still win the Super Bowl if you replace Stafford with Derek Carr? I don't think they do. Yeah, yeah I could make that argument. Oh, my God. I'm not prepared to make oh the argument, God. but I, I wasn't I, prepared I could for argument. this. I, I could take one crazy <laughs> thing, but I can't take two. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Man. What are we well, talking but, about here? Matthew Stafford played for the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions, the worst run franchise in the history of sports. He didn't win a playoff game there, but this is how bad the Lions are. They chased away two Hall of Famers, two in the absolute prime of their careers. Obviously, Barry Sanders, Calvin Megatron Johnson, right? Two. Matthew Stafford. I don't disagree. Matthew Stafford led them to the playoffs. I know they didn't win, but he led them to the playoffs. And Matthew Stafford is the only quarterback to have two wide receivers go over 2,000 yards in a season. Two of them. And you want to compare him to Derek Carr? David Carr's brother? Really? (laughs) Is that what we're doing? Well, he's the better of the cars. He's shown that, and 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 is he you know, it, uh, well, is he though? I think David's career was cut <laughs> short because they were actually allowed to hit quarterbacks when David okay. was in the league. But, yeah. but yes, because you, you're made all that nonsense and all that noise about the Detroit Lions being the worst run <laughs> franchise. And but what have the Raiders done? What have the Raiders done? Oh no, they have a right? history. They are Stop. they're absolute they they're abs- they have they are, a history. Yes, they have a history. They have a history, but what have they done in the last 10 years? What have the Nothing. Lions done in the last 50, 60, It doesn't 70, matter. The, the Raiders have become The Raiders have become just as big of a mess as the Detroit Lions have, and that's why I give Carr a pass. Put him on a team that's stacked with an Odell Beckham, a Cooper Cup. When you have a defense like like the Rams had with Aaron Donald and uh, Von Miller, I mean, so Tua could have won a like, Super Bowl there too. It would have been easy. Tua could have did it. Let's not go that far. <laughs> no, I wanted to see how far you wanted to let's, go. Let's not go. Let's not go that far. But 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 I would think a handful of quarterbacks could. I I would think that a handful of quarterbacks could have made the very most of that situation. All. Stafford had to do, and he almost blew it, but all Stafford had to do was stay healthy, don't turn the ball over, and keep the game close enough for the defense to to finish it. That, that's all really that's all Stafford had to do. Matthew, I don't know how we got here, but somehow I don't know how we got here. Um yeah, we kind of I want to leave up. here soon, but I want to ask you a question. <laughs> I do want to ask you this, and then we can probably close the podcast on this. Where yeah. do you have, and just generally, because you know me, you know me now, I like tears, but just sure. what what general range would you do you have Matthew Stafford as far as the best quarterbacks in the NFL? Currently playing? Yeah, currently playing. That's a good one. I would say tier two. So, tier two, I, I would so say, around like I, the you know eight to fifteen best quarterbacks in the NFL. I, I, I would say so. Okay, and I just I think it's too cheap to I, say I, that anybody could have done what he did. 
Um, I do agree with you. The team is stacked. That we're not arguing about. But he's had successful seasons. So it's it, it'd be one thing if he didn't have successful seasons in Detroit and he came in and got, got the Super Bowl. But he was he throwing to Megatron. Seasons. I can give you really just two, really one and a half seasons where Derek Carr has been successful. Everything else has been all right to poop. So I hear you. He has an opportunity this year with who you believe is the greatest wide receiver. You know, change Aaron Rodgers' legacy, <laughs> change Aaron Rodgers' life. So he he should be fine with That's that. That's a gross guy. exaggeration. We'll <laughs> we will see what he does. But guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. And man, I'm gonna be honest with you, I had a blast. I don't know if you can hear yeah, my thank, voice. Thank you, man. I'm really excited. Yeah, it's a brought lot of the energy. This was a really good podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Whether you're listening in your home, in your office, in the car, wherever you are listening, we are happy. You can check out our podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Google, Stitcher, Apple, Podbeam, wherever you listen, whenever you listen, we are there. You can also check out our lovely faces on Afro Vibes TV. Check out our vibes, Afro Vibes TV. It is a vibe there. You can check out all of our content. You can reach out to us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, we are there. And you can also get at uh, Ant-Man with his crazy takes about the WBA players. Let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> Let's not go there. You can check out his crazy takes on Instagram. 65,000 65, views on TikTok. Let's yes, go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Shout out to Ant-Man. <laughs> Until next time, y'all, stay safe, y'all. Please stay safe. Peace. Peace. Thanks for listening to the new channel sports podcast. If you like the show, feel free to leave a comment and a five-star rating. Your support is very much appreciated. Also, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, or on our website, newchannelsports.net. That's new channel spelt in you, channelsports.net. Got a sports-related question for the crew? Just leave a voicemail on our website. Till next time, have a good one and stay safe out there.